and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. It is episode 107, and we are the Who Dat Jedi. Um, with me, as always, is Dave and Fredo. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. And we have a special guest tonight, a friend of ours. Um, and it's it's going to be a special show um, because this person has, like, for some ungodly reason, decided to watch all the Star Wars. Um and so we're going to get her take on it, but it is uh, shoemaking extraordinaire, um, house float making, mask making, and the founder of the future weather reporters of New Orleans. Um, right, right. Welcome, Leslie, to our show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, I did, um, for some ungodly reason, just decide to accidentally watch all of the movies in a very short span of time. <laughs> So we're going to get into that, why you chose to do that, um, what your favorites were, maybe hip you some, some stuff you need to watch next or try to further indoctrinate you into the, the Star Wars stuff. But uh, before we get into that, um, how's everybody's, uh, well, first of all, we had our first kind of, I guess Chewbacca was a couple of weeks ago, but then we had Crew de Vue this uh, past week. Saturday. Um, has anybody gotten? I know. I know the three of us have gotten out to parades. Leslie, you guys been out to parades already? Went to Chewbacca's and Bohemian on Friday night. We worked all day Saturday, and we didn't finish working um, until after the parade had started. And I'm writing in Muses next week, so I'm trying to limit my crowd exposure to not get COVID before Muses rolls because I would be very upset if I. <laughs> like two days before the parade so i'm just trying to we'll go out this weekend outside and i'll probably still wear them cool 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 uh, holy cow Who, somebody somebody yelling at us or does everybody hear Sounds that like somebody's yelling at us in spanish maybe it's not me i'll mute myself was it might have been that was or was it the ghost at fredo's parents house <laughs> Do you have thin walls? <laughs> Do you have really thin walls? That was we. I thought it was. Le I was. Not, I didn't want to be rude. On Leslie, tell Jen oh, to shut up. Oh, it's not me. The dolls and Jen are two floors below. I got the whole level up here. Oh, so weird. All right. Well, um, and if it is a no, ghost, Fredo, it, I want it on camera. So, um, <laughs> I was just gonna react though to one thing that you said, which is that a lot of people are self quarantining. That is a thing that is going on. Like, yeah. I don't want to get sick right before I right. roll. I mean, it's and... I put a lot of money and a lot of time into riding in this parade and, you know, you're in close quarters on the float. So it's not like you can ride sick. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't do that to other people anyway, but you know, like even if that were a thing, so it's not necessarily self quarantining, but I'm being a lot more careful than I was during Omicron or, you know, can I, where I, or pre-Omicron, I guess, things have kind of gotten a little lax. And then for us, and then lax for us is probably strict for most people. But And then with Omicron, we've definitely got a lot more locked down because for somehow, in some way, we still have not gotten COVID. Um, so just kind of staying in that zone where I don't get sick before the ride. Or I end up with like strep throat or a stomach virus or just any other Standing. gross human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, because <clears throat> at, at um, I guess Crew de Vue, um, Scott Colesby came out and he was say, you know, he was because he was kind of uh, 
touch and go as to whether or not to go out to parades and things like that. And he was like, he, he and I have been talking. It's like, there's a lot of places on the parade route that you can stand. You don't have to be right in the thick of things. You can, you can be on the neutral ground side and across the street and still see the, the parade, you know, really well and not be amongst a gazillion people. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the way crew de was. Um, but oh my goodness, I felt like a sponsor at crew de Like there were just nothing but college age kids. I felt like I was sponsoring a dance. It was... And it's usually, I feel like that's definitely not the case with crew de I think it's usually like a more older crowd, but maybe the older folks are staying in. I don't know. You yeah. know? Or I guess we're the old people now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I am one of the old people. Um, get off my lawn. Uh, all right. Well, <clears throat> I tell you what, and uh, let's uh, hit us some trivia. Get our brains wrapped around Star Wars, and we'll kick off this conversation. So, um, all right, Leslie, we're going to start with you. Okay. Because I got I got one here. This is kind. Of, this is kind of a softball. All right. So, whose leg does Wicket the Ewok hug? as a gesture of welcome to the tribe. This is in Return of the Jedi. Whose leg does Wicket hug as a gesture of welcome to the tribe? What's that? Chewie's leg. Chewie's leg. He actually, that's close. He actually hugs Han Solo's. It's not close at all. It's a Wookiee and a person right there. But, but they're yeah, like, they're, they're BFFs. They're BFFs. They are BFFs. Yes, yes. Maybe I'll give you another one here in a little bit. But, uh, okay, so for, uh, Dave, to you, who embarrasses Anakin with two big kisses in the hangar after his pod race victory? I'd say his mom, Shmi. It is his mother, Shmi Skywalker. Yeah. All right. So, Fredo? Yes. Any any Spanish ghosts right now? They sound, they sound... Not yet. I, I have moved locations and spots. Maybe the ghosts go away. We'll see. Well, you know, and the other thing is, I know that you know, um, Elfie uses her buttons to talk. I didn't know if you used. She was like going nuts. She's not bilingual. Not yet. So, Fredo, who's disappointed to find out just a cloak hanging on a pole he thought had skewered Yoda's body? Who's disappointed uh, to find just a cloak hanging on a pole he thought had skewered Yoda's body? Oh, Yoda's body. That's the one that's going to trip me up. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, R2. R2? Looking for Yoda's body. It was actually Emperor Palpatine or Darth Sidious. I never thought. I never even thought that Yoda was insinuated as skewered by a pike. That's kind of dark. Right. All right. Well, to me. Okay, I you know I have the rule that I have to take the first one I saw, but I'm going to not take that one because it's a real softball. Um, So I'll take the one below it. Who does Han Solo before he is frozen carbonite tell Chewbacca to look after? That's an even bigger softball. Um, that, that would be Princess Leia. Um, but okay, so I'll throw this one to, to Leslie one one more time. So who describes death as forever sleep? Yoda? That is Yoda. There you go. Yep. 
That is Yoda. Or a child, you know? Like. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. So, uh, all right. Everybody's brains warmed up for, for Star Wars. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, so first of all, Leslie, I want to ask you, so uh, full disclosure, you never saw any Star Wars stuff before you went Not on this venture? I mean, I, I knew of Star Wars and that it, it, it was a universe, but as far as seeing a movie not even like a minute of one probably so were you were you one of those um you know people who put the meme on with uh julie andrews saying this is me not giving a crap of your about your big star wars movie no it was more of just i was a competitive athlete as a child and i think a lot of people get like introduced into star wars as a kid usually maybe i don't know and I guess my dad wasn't into it and my brother was a Nintendo guy, not a, and wrestling, like WrestleMania, the WWF, like all of that growing up was his obsession. It wasn't Star Wars. So I didn't have anybody to like draw me in. I'm a sci-fi geek in like every other way, shape or form. Like I could kill somebody on some Battlestar Galactica trivia probably and the X-Files and like all of these other things. I just never dabbled into Star Wars for not any particular reason. So side question. Did you know your... about Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you did you know about I am your father? Yes, I knew that much of it. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I wasn't raised inside of a box, you know, but like, <laughs> everybody I, I knew who Yoda was and that Luke Skywalker was a person and that I, I knew who Darth Vader was. But now it's like one of those things like my dad always says that he's a car salesman, that like when you buy a particular car you start seeing that car everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Like, and seeing how much of that, like if you, like we just got a Kia Soul and we see Kia Souls everywhere because we're very aware of Kia Souls now. So it's like even watching like other shows now, I'm seeing the Star Wars references that I've probably overlooked my whole life, just like sprinkled throughout things, uh, which is going to be like interesting going forward to like all of these, like maybe small references. I can't think of a good example right now, but we were watching some non-sci-fi show the other day and i was like oh star wars and jen's like you've probably been missing this forever <laughs> and just not realized what it meant and you just write it off you know you know that's yeah. the, that's the thing that Brittany said when she was teaching english back in nebraska you know when talking about archetypes and and things like this but anyway um i can't remember exactly what the lesson was for but she showed a picture of chewbacca on in yeah. a slide presentation and the kids all went bigfoot it's like, okay, but how do you, I mean, and to her, she's like, you know, there's a lot of things that I haven't seen, but I still understand where they come from. It's like, I've never, so it's, she couldn't understand how, right. Um, without a movie. Now, a side question, who is your favorite, uh, WWF wrestler growing up? I never had one. I liked Hulk Hogan as a kid, okay. but I mean, my brother could definitely have his own podcast about like wrestling and stuff like that's his, to this day. Like he stayed with me for multiple WrestleManias in town. Like right he, and Scott, he and Scott Colesby could probably host that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so did you, I mean, so when you, so growing up, I mean, when you probably saw all the, the star Wars geeks like Dave and Fredo and me, you know, talking about it, did you ever feel like, um, what am I missing out on? Or was it just out of sight, out of mind until, just recently or out of sight out of mind like it was never a 
I never felt like I was missing out on anything. I just didn't get it. And I was okay with it. You know, like, if that makes sense that it's a, like, I don't understand. Like I was, I'm just not that brand of geek, you know, like it's fine. Like I have my own geekdoms. And now I'm I totally understand it because that's the way I was with about Marvel. <clears throat> of course I was in my forties, you know, um, not, not a kid growing up. Um, so I guess then what, what made you, and I'll let the other two guys ask questions too, but so what made you decide now? Did you, um, did you need an idea for a house float or was it, you know? No, like, I mean, thankfully we got one out of it, but I think it was, it was real cold those few weekends. We didn't feel like doing anything, not that we do anything anyway, but, and Jen was like, what are we going to watch? I've been bugging you to watch Star Wars. Let's just, let's watch all of them. So she's a Star Wars fan? I wouldn't say fan per se. I think she was just more surprised that I'd never seen them okay. because I am into all of the other sci-fi things in life. And she was like, let's just do it. And I finally caved essentially. So like on December 30th, we sat down and watched the first one. And then we just kept watching them. We got a whole lot of work done those few weeks. We did that. We did. But. And so you, you did it in release order, right? With like. I did. I asked the Twitter first and y'all told me that yeah. I needed to watch them in the, I mean, I think that's the only way to do it really. I mean, I'm not, I guess a purist in that sense, but like, <clears throat> why would you watch them in any other way than the way they were paid? So pardon my coughing, but my argument is actually, and I think you must've ignored me on Twitter because I said, um, I agree with what they call the machete order, but a verified one where you start with episode four. So a new hope, then you watch empire strikes back. So you get that big, I am your father reveal right spoilers but i guess since i already knew it but then but then you go back and then you go watch episodes one two and three so you get the prequels as a flashback so kind of luke dealing with who his father is and then you watch return of the jedi for the finale and then seven eight nine you can just do whatever so I loved seven, eight, nine. Those, those were my favorite. Just oh, controversy! She's making controversy right off the bat, oh, guys. Last three, right? <laughs> yeah, loved them. But I think it's just more. Maybe I'm showing my age, my millennialness, or something. Like I don't know. Like it was, they were better to me. No, I th- okay. So they're more I think, like movies I'm used to watching, I suppose. Right? I, I think like, this is awesome because again, again, it's like you know they get they had me watch all the Marvel stuff, and I would come back and I would say I didn't like Thor Ragnarok. And they like looked at me cross-eyed like, what is your problem? But I'm just like, I mean, and I wonder if watching them so close together affects that. And you also, yeah, I mean, you also feels- don't have any um, emotional tie-in, right? So It's just like, I'm watching these, you know, like, and it's definitely a, I would say the last three are more like movies I'm used to watching. So is it, a, is it an aesthetic thing? Is it, uh, what, what, what did you like better about seven, eight, and nine? Was it the, well, like I said, was it the aesthetics, the, the special effects, or was the it the story? Better that, I think the story too. I mean, maybe as a woman, like having a woman lead and like her being the, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. Like the main character even being, was probably maybe some of it. I don't know. I'm sure that was a big controversy. You know, like if the onlines were a thing then. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think the storyline was more cohesive then. Like I, I felt like the clones and not that set, I was kind of confused in. Hmm. Like it was like you started and you're like, what? 
for a good bit of it, I was kind of like, who are clones and why are we at war and why are they called that? Like, it's just like all of a sudden you're in a clone war. And like, I'm seeing this, I'm making Gen Battlestar Galactica right now. And like me, who's watched the whole series like three times, I understand what's going on because I got the whole series as a context. So maybe it's like that with some of the movies. Like I've only seen all of them once and I was real confused for like two and a half of those threes because I haven't watched them multiple times to like pick up on the nuances that you can see when you watch things repetitively, if that makes sense. I can also say that the acting in the sequels is probably oh. some of the best. Um, the, the, like they, they just mostly like across the board just crushed it in the sequel uh, movies with Adam Driver and Daisy and John. They, they, they were great. Oh, well, Adam Driver, that's the worst. That's the worst. Like, <laughs> like somehow Han Solo's kid ends up being a bad guy, like whatever. But like, yes, but, and it could be just the quality of the acting because mm-hmm. it's not as deadpan. It's more motion driven. And, and that could be anything from the underlying scores that you're hearing instead of hearing like how music and film were intertwined back in the day compared to now. It's just completely different on like all of those levels. You know, but I, it would... does, I mean, it... go ahead, Fredo. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it does speak to a different level of movie making. And just from the standpoint, like when you think of the original trilogy, Lucas was thinking, you know, movie serials from the 40s and 50s. Right. And then when he makes the original trilogy, he gets a chance to do whatever he wants, but he's kind of hampered by his own limitations. Whereas in this one, it's almost like you get the best of both worlds. You get writers and directors and actors who have all been influenced by Star Wars, making a Star Wars without necessarily being beholden to anything but what came before. So, but it's a, yeah, because I, I hadn't thought about just that that standpoint of you're going to get better quality actors or, you know, or just simply more, uh, you know, more solid quality all throughout. Whereas maybe in the other trilogies, stuff kind of goes up and down a bit more wildly. You know, although, Rise of Skywalker people have their own issues here there. So we'll uh, we'll get into the the Disney Plus shows as well because I know yeah. you're one one of the Completely tweets that, one of the tweets that made me laugh was I, I think you you know we try not to swear on this uh, show so Dave doesn't have to edit out but I think you said something like what a D move that uh, Luke had Grogu make you know the choice between the lightsaber. No, I think, and, said, I, I think yeah like like or that Luke Skywalker is still the effing worst, you yeah. know, like, come on. <laughs> so, like, I didn't right. like him from the jump. I don't know if I was supposed to like him or not, but. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so that, that so what I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the big, the big controversy is, you know, is um, The Last Jedi. Um, so episode eight, um, the one Ryan Johnson okay. directed. And a lot of people did not like the Luke Skywalker that was portrayed in The Last Jedi. Um uh, I think, you know, it's been our contention that a lot of people think they have this he vision. He kind of lined up with how I thought he was, like just kind of being the worst. Like, go, you know, keep, like, keep going with go that. I'm going to, I'm going to let you just go. Island, you know, or like wherever he was, this planet. And I'm going to crawl. It was obviously in Ireland. It was gorgeous. I'd love to go to that set or Scotland or somewhere. I've like, been I'm off the coast of that. Away. So yeah. I'm going to run away and pout about it because wah, wah, you know, like it's just like, 
it, it just, it's just the worst. <laughs> it's a joke. Like, I remember like, the first movie, I'm like, are we supposed to like him? Like, I didn't like, I think it was Brittany that said like, oh, well, you must be like my son and like Darth Vader. I'm like, I don't like him either. You know, like I'm not rooting for the bad guy, but I just never felt like he was like some champion I could get behind. You know, Han Solo, maybe, yeah. Um, but I don't know, I, he just felt entitled throughout the whole thing. And then like, I get his school or whatever was blown up and people came, it sucks, you know, you get all this like in a different movie, I think. But it's like, you gotta, are you a Jedi or not, man? So that, you know, so that's the, that's the interesting that's the interesting thing here is that um, we because this was a conversation be, from us um, in our in our podcast uh, Twitter DM uh, it says uh, who was it that oh Fredo shared the article why Luke isn't Return of the Jedi's true hero and then I said the controversial thing I said uh, I, I said he's certainly acting in his own self interest throughout the film. And I've always thought that, but it's like his, uh, the Friends episode where Joey says no good deed is, left, is truly selfless. Um, and we, I think the big argument was when I said the, uh, you know, the ultimate goal, however, what's the ultimate goal to Luke's hero's journey? It's not to defeat the Empire, it's to become a Jedi. So all the rebellion stuff is set dressing. You know, it got us into this long conversation about how people have built up Luke to be the white knight come riding in town and saving the day and just like sporadic information growing up like luke's the good guy he's the hero so i go in with that expectation ah. and it was never met there's that word cool um so oh, yeah, yeah. Bring that up again. Too. you know the other thing that it's interesting about what you're what you've been saying here too is that i think a lot of people have talked about star wars and its future and the fact that it just seems so beholden to the skywalker family and yeah. like you gotta like sort of cut those ties at some point and move on from that because people are really you know they're really attached to this universe and and um you know all the pot storytelling possibility that 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 is there and we're just going to show you one family and i think like a lot of people are kind of ready to move on to new things. And, and that's what we're seeing now with the new television shows where you see the Mandalorian though. Again, Luke shows, <laughs> Luke shows up again. I think that's interesting, right? Is, is it a universe or is it a series built around the Skywalkers? You know, like, and I think it is a universe because I don't think those last three movies that I liked, I guess he showed up at the end or whatever, but it wasn't about him. You know, it was about the other people's journey through the universe. Yeah. And it's almost like they have to, I think time doesn't really matter. Like the order of events and like what they decide, what story they de decide to tell can be from any time in the universe before the first movie or after the last or somewhere in between, you know, like, and it's a, a unique thing. It's kind of how Marvel gets away with like people who are dead and still being in movies or whatever, but like it's, time isn't important because it's as we all know like that there's always going to be an enemy in the universe like it's never like going to be a utopia so there's always going to be a story to tell and heroes to be made so i saw this meme this morning in my uh facebook memories and it's the uh the rick and morty you know use use usob right uh it says uh, referencing uh um 
the rise of Skywalker said, when you leave the cinema and realize JJ Abrams ended the entire Skywalker saga on Palpatine successfully using love to manipulate, corrupt, hurt, or kill every single Skywalker across three generations, ultimately resulting in the total eradication of the Skywalker solo and Amidala bloodlines while Palpatine's heir lives on and claims Skywalker name and legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I, for, I totally forgot about that meme, but it's spot on. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, okay. So watching all this, what was your favorite? Um, who was your favorite? What are your favorites? What are your favorite character? And what's my like, favorite moment that made you go yeehaw? I got really enjoyed the Ewoks. Controversy all over this podcast, yeah. folks. All right, well, keep going. I, don't really, I enjoyed their presence because our dogs look kind of like Ewoks. Sabrina looks like a Wookiee. Elfie looks like an Ewok. I always like Ewoks they, too. They didn't say a word, and they just kind of ran around and chitter chattered. And I thought they were cute, but I thought that all of like their celebration ceremonies at the end of things were very hokey. <laughs> and weird. It's like all of these people just died, but let's have a weird luau. <laughs> like, <laughs> just to look to close in the pot. Like it was definitely a like the Ewoks were cute. Um. I mean, Chewie's the best. I don't understand. I, 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 I like that you didn't have to understand how the characters understood each other. Like, I don't, I, whoever understood R2-D2, and it's like, like, sure, that was uh, three sentences long out of three beats, like, but we don't need to know how they interpret all of that information. So I thought that was fun, because it definitely just cuts through a lot of the, the Doctor Who, for example, like, oh, like when you enter into the you know, telephone booth, you all just all of a sudden understand all languages. It's like you didn't need all that. Everybody spoke English or could interpret on their own. And there wasn't a magic pill you had to take. I don't know, it was a random thing. Um I enjoyed just how bad the bad guys were. Like bad at being bad at for one. Like they weren't that great at being evil, but somehow they got like real far in their evil journeys. But also just like but Little um, Darth goes and slaughters a village just because he was mad one day. Goes back and then, like, Adnay, like, wants to marry him, which I still am <laughs> just hung up on. There's, there that's no that's a really problem. No, nothing. It was like, fade out. Oh, I just murdered everybody. And she's hugging him. And it's like, we're married in a palace. And I'm like, what happened between there? Did they have a conversation about maybe his morals? And then people were surprised when he went evil. Like, the warning signs were there. That's you know. a real problematic scene. That is one of those like where, um, yeah, he slaughters a bunch of uh, Tuscan raiders, and she, and, and her her comeback is, it's human to be angry. It's like, sure. <laughs> so. sure. I mean, I get mad. I take a walk. You know, <laughs> this I, reminds I, me of conversations I have with our daughter. <laughs> it's like it's okay to have those feelings. But you don't it's not to okay to slaughter a village. Right. There's a good happy medium between slaughtering a village and, you know. Though, Dave, I did, I, dear, I did hear you tell your, your son, you know, there's a reason she kicked you in the face. I, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was um, my favorite I was, I was more impressed in the graphics in the first three movies than I thought I was going to be. Like, I was prepared to see some bad stuff. Like just bad graphic wise. And I was like, well, this isn't, and I since learned that they've updated it all since then, like with some kind of weird technology or whatever. 
but um in places a lot of a lot yeah. of the places it's just they made things brighter i mean there's the yeah. it's very obvious where they fixed it in the special editions um but i mean a lot of it is is you know very similar to what it was um i have a question for you because you you mentioned um you you really dug ray in seven eight nine because we had you know there we had a female lead um and by the way my i think my top star wars moment um i think when we had our episode on that is when the lightsaber goes into ray's hand in in the force awakens you know from the snow that i that is just with the music in there it's just one of the top moments um, but we have talked about this as three dudes, and so it's it'll be good to get a female perspective on this, is that um, in the prequels, we thought Padme was really, it, it, it's, it was just really awful what they did to that character. Because here you start off with this, I'll give you my premise and then you can go with mm-hmm. it. Here you start off with this young, strong queen and then senator. And then by episode three, she's combing her hair saying, Anakin, just hug me like you did on Naboo and just becomes this. It's like they just totally made her into, um, I don't know, it just they like took every bit of strength out of her character couple things like the snarky part of me wants to say like toxic men can do that to you because they definitely can you know if like you know she's in a relationship with this dude who obviously has some issues but she wants to love and take care of and it ends up just draining all of who she is out of her that's one part of it i think and the other part is like i don't know that just happens in tv especially to female characters i think a lot or to they had to have something to do with her and i don't think they knew what to do with her because she wasn't going to be the queen. So, like, well, what is she now? And then, like, oh, well, let's just make her. Like, I still don't understand why she died after having kids. <laughs> no, like, broken heart. A broken heart. Oh, but come <laughs> on. She just had two babies. Like, who does that? Like, I t- I'm just so sad. What? Like, you know, there's a fan like, theory that Palpatine sucked the life out of her. I hadn't so, heard that. I don't and that's know. dumb. But uh, no. <laughs> you know, but here she is like having two children and just goes womp womp. Like I just and had C section, she didn't have to do with the real you know, like come on. Well, you know I think that's a good point. Go ahead, Fredo, you're on. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I think that's a good point because it highlights I mean, like it seems like when you look at the prequels that Patmas' ultimate role in fate was to deliver Luke right. and Leia into yeah, the well, world. She has the kids and we don't know what to do with her outside of that, so she's going to die. Exactly, and that really highlights kind of some of the limitations in the writing, which, again, has never been, like, the highest of highs. It's, you know, whether it's from its sources or whatever, but it also does, I think, juxtapose it against Ray as to how much more importance it put on her character as to knowing some kind of way where she was going to be and where all the controversy came between episodes seven and nine as to J.J. Abrams building, oh, she's got a big mystery uh, background. You no, know, Ryan Johnson saying, nope, there's not such thing. And then J.J. coming back saying, but yes, there is. 
Yeah, I think I ran through like 18 different scenarios on like whose kid she could be. And I think I ran out and now I don't even know what's real. Like, <laughs> like it's definitely this, it's definitely this, it's definitely this. And Jen's like, would you just watch the movie? Because I paused it and be like, what if? And she's like, oh my God, stop. Like, just watch. So, you know, because they are longer movies. And so, so we would stop and then pick up the next day. So we had a very young puppy at the time who was pretty needy and barking at us. And what you know, did but- you do? You made you made mention you two years of nerd. <laughs> you made mention of uh, you know how like Attack of the Clones. All of a sudden, you're in the Clone Wars. Like, why are we there? Stuff like that. Um, the prequel storyline is is very heavily into space politics. Right. Where did that? Where where was that on your annoyance scale? From one of I understood why it was politics to ten, it annoyed the junk out of me and get politics out of my Star Wars. Um, I mean, I'm a Battlestar Galactica fan, and half the show is space politics, or like not space politics, but you know, like if you know, you know, you know, it's a lot of politics. Um. And I don't know if it was even on my radar. I was just there for the show, you know? I think it was an, until I was a few in and I was really, like, checked into it all. You know, I think I was just, like, for those first three, absorbing the universe, for lack of a better word. Who's who? How does this work? How do people relate to each other? So maybe it was a good thing that it kind of, like, spelled some of it out for me. Um, but, yeah. So, okay. Then here's another question, and you can, and guys, you can answer So you have three big star Wars nerds right here. Um, mm-hmm. What questions do you have that are still unanswered that we could help you with? I think I, I was thinking about this because you like prepped me like this, is what we're going to do. Like, I don't know if I have any questions per se, you know, it's like that. <clears throat> questions. Look, I mean, why that's... was Padme the way she is? And we addressed that, you know, well, why were we, how about if we get into uh, we transition to the Disney Plus stuff because I think there might be some maybe some questions there and because there's some other things that happen. So you watched also the Mandalorian and yes, mm-hmm. and Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think of those? I, I guess we'll call it that series. Um, so the Mandalorian yeah, because season like one, the two, and Boba Fett became the Mandalorian because like yeah. Jen and I joked that three episodes into the the Boba Fett that people were like uninterested, so they just brought Mando back. You know, like <laughs> that's what we that's our theory. Um, I was very impressed that a, a a show with a guy who doesn't have a face with the Mandalorian was able to like draw me in as much as it did. So like that's got to be due to the writing and the to the story itself. For that, like, you're not, it, it's literally a helmet talking and acting through most of the show, but, like, we're, like, glued to the TV, like, what's next, what's next, right? Um, I mean, obviously, Baby Yoda, even though it's not Yoda, you know, um, Grogu was a huge draw there, Um and the the armorer, she was hot, even though you couldn't see her face, which I can't understand. Like I, I still can't just. I, it's like it's weird. I have a crush on the armorer, and it's like she doesn't have a face to me. Like I don't get it. Um, but yeah, that's why I tell Jen my crush on that one Mandalorian. Whatever. Um, but then the the Boba Fett stuff. I get 
I thought it would be so I thought bold. it would be Katie Sackoff as Bo Katan. That... Obviously, listen, I think Jen gets it now about like yeah, obviously that Mandalorian too, right? Um, but yeah, like it's uh they do a, a so well edited of doing like flashbacks and this and that as far as Boba Fett goes. And it's even like the, I give a lot of credit to scores and stuff in, in shows that like the second you hear, you know, it's Nando coming up or, you know, it's going to be Boba Fett by like, what kind of weird music starts playing? Is it the Western music or is it this music or is it, you know, and like they do a such a good job of humanizing the characters that we haven't seen the human side of, whether like they're human or not. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. We don't have these supernatural, all-powerful wizard people. Right, it's just people. Yeah, yeah. And I think like that's a lot more relatable for a lot of people. And and that's sort of how Star Wars started, really. Like, the episode four, you had a little bit of the Jedi stuff, but it was sort of sprinkled in. It was and... more like just a bunch of dudes and a chick, but like, and a Wookiee like, getting together and like saving the galaxy as opposed yeah. to, yeah, like it being so dependent on the superpower yeah. or the force. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say, I'm just going to judge my own opinion in here and that I think that the Jedi's biggest downfall was that they tried to sever all like connections to other people and stuff because how can you do that, right? Like, you, you want to be like, oh, the protector and blah, 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 the force. But, like, you got to love folks. You got to have connections. You got to – I think that was Luke's biggest thing, that he tried so hard not to have connections that he never made any meaningful ones, and he just ended up kind of being an monkey at the end of the day because of it. And that's where I think that the – if I might interject for a second, I think the Mandalorian um, and, of course, at the end of Book of Boba Fett um, – I think I think we're going to be taken down that path because you know yeah Luke yeah. made Grogu choose but Grogu is going to keep you it's, and so you have the Jedi like you said of no connections and you have the Mandalorians where everything's about your clan and every yeah. like the whole story we've talked about this with the, especially in the book of Boba Fett it was all about finding your family and finding yeah. belonging and so now you've got Grogu who has to choose between those two. And it's like that meme of, you know, little girl going, why can't we have both? And I think right. with Din Djarin having the dark saber, there might uh-huh. be a little bit of that coming that might come into play, and like, but I've been wrong many times. So the point to say, like, it's already like he's been trained and he's just remembering. So who's to say he can't keep remembering with the Mandalorian? Listen, I've never been so excited for a, a, a little tiny animatronic device to like jump onto a piece of metal, you know, in my life. That like Jen and I are both like crying, like, oh God, they're together again. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like he had to choose that path. Like the whole time, we're like, there's no way, you know, like, spoiler alert, everybody, but like, hopefully everybody's seen it at this point. It's been a week. Um, like, how could he not? But it's like, yeah, you can see that, that you, you can't be the good guy without any human connection, in my opinion. Or any, not even human, but like any meaningful relationships, because that's what makes us better ourselves. And just like have a lightsaber and like talk to the trees, you know. And it does reinforce your point about Luke Skywalker being the worst. Right, you know, like if he would would have been able to nurture some of those relationships, or maybe get some good therapy to, you know, deal with being separated from his sister and then kissing his sister and having a crush on her, and you know that whole weirdness through it all. Um, 
you know, he might not have been the worst at the end. Let, the let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Cause so you knew that uh, Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father going in. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister? I did not. Okay. So when, when you get to that point in Return of the Jedi, as a not 10 year old kid, what was, what was your thought at that point? <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's not his fault. He didn't know, you know, but then it's like, why'd they do that to him? Like, did the writers not think it out? Cause it wasn't like a flirt, like a, like he like smooched her, you know? And like, was definitely like lusting after her for like a good portion of all this. And then like, you find out they're sisters and it's like, I mean, I expected him to be a bad guy at that. Cause he's like, I mean, what do you, what do you do with that information? Like, yeah, that'll send you over the edge, right? Like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, you kissed your sister, but then, like, you just move on, and then all that. But obviously, they had a connection, so I guess you were supposed to go that route with it. But then you're not allowed to have connections. It all gets very convoluted very quickly. But, yeah, the whole kissing your sister thing was a little weird. I have to share one of my all-time favorite movie going experiences was we went i went to the empire strikes back uh with my sister the re-release in the 90s they the movie came out everybody knew everything you know what's coming and the moment with the kiss shows up and the entire theater Ew! <laughs> and it just it was like Yes, golf clap that because it was just perfect. Yeah, because I didn't know. So I was like, oh, well, they're, they're both. Th like, I thought it was going to be like a love triangle. And then I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's automatic win for Han Solo, but like, ooh. It's like all of a sudden we're in Dukes of Hazard. Um, so <laughs> so uh, let's go back to uh, Mandalorian, especially Mandalorian season two, because we get a lot of um, characters added in. Bo-Katan, you know, the the Katie Sackhoff character, um, Ahsoka, uh, you know, the, from the Jedi, you know, the one who, uh, yeah. Rosario Dawson played. Steel ears, whatever, what are they called? Yeah. Um, uh, who else did we have in throughout those, that season guys? Hey, did, um, did you, do you know anything? Lady. Do you know anything about those, um, characters since? I don't besides what's in the shows, right? By besides like, I don't, I guess there's probably stories, comics, this, that, whatever, like with, you know, I guess canon and everything for Star Wars, but all I know is like what I've seen. So I, I, it makes, I would like to go back to the Mandalorian war. I think that would be an interesting movie to watch. So, uh, so what did you, happened. what did you think about um, the Jedi Ahsoka? Rosario Dawson's character, that one where we find Grogu's name. Besides the fact that it was really cute. I liked when... her. I didn't dislike her character. I thought she did a decent job, especially, like I guess, in the last Boba Fett couple episodes where she's talking to the Mandalorian and being like, it's going to be harder for him when, you know, she seems to respect connection more than the rest of them do. But, like, she also, I don't know. I didn't hate her. There's a long background with that character. Um because she's been in the animated uh, shows. Ah, see, I haven't um, seen any of that. No. Yeah. Well, and see, that's um, what that's what we're going to talk about is your summer homework. And Dave, keep going, but uh, yeah, keep <laughs> keep going, keep going down this trail that you're. Oh, it was, there was a animated movie that came out, which was uh, fairly derided 
at the time when it came out um and it was called the clone wars and then they spun off a series off of that and it was just it ran for a seven lot seasons. of episodes seven seasons yeah yeah and uh and she was one of the principals in that and she was um anakin's um uh, like padawan she was his sidekick and so that's her background and so there's a lot to mine there if you if you if anybody's interested in that character they can go down that road and then um she shows up again in the animated series rebels um which is set between episode three and episode four so So like revenge of the sith and a new hope yeah yeah that whole time period um and I think a lot of people think that that series is even better than Clone Wars was. Um, and it's shorter. It's easier to digest. Um, that's the one I would recommend um, to anybody that's like, I like the Star Wars stuff, and I think I would like to watch more of it than I would say Rebels would be a really good But what I like about, what I like about Leslie's answer was that it, it's clear that you maybe don't have to do the homework because she got... And, and and it's a credit to how that character was written in the Mandalorian um, that you don't need to do the homework to appreciate what the character was conveying and what, and Jen and I have talked about too, that you could pick up and watch the Mandalorian without seeing a single star Wars movie. I think like, I think it could be like, Oh, you'd have questions. And I think that's the point. I mean, Disney's, a multi-billion dollar company for a reason right there's like let's hook these people with the show and then they'll watch all the movies and then get all the gear and then go to the the, the parks and do all those things but like you can I, I mandalorian works as a standalone maybe not boba fett but like mandalorian you could start the first episode and it would take you a couple episodes like any new tv show i think to like get, like get your bearings and figure out like who does what what is this what is that but I think any new series that you start watching does that to you in general. And I think it works as a standalone for that reason that like they. And so I, so I take it, you didn't, I take it, you didn't, uh, from your, the way you've been talking, you didn't really dig as much the book of Boba Fett until we got to the Mandalorian stuff. I didn't, but I think that I think was a direct correlation that we, we have watched everything. So like Jen said, we didn't have to wait a year or whatever to get Boba Fett, but we just finished The Mandalorian like two weeks ago. So we're still, like, those, everything right about them is very, very fresh to us, as opposed to maybe not giving Boba Fett the space it needed well, to stand and shine on its own because we just finished, yeah, probably two weeks ago or whatever, the second season of The Mandalorian. Well, and, and many of us were, like I said, like about 10 years old when we first saw Boba Fett on screen and he only has what about two minutes of screen time and he has like two lines and it was it was the coolest dang looking character ever and yeah. we, we had our star wars toys and we made up all sorts of it was the character you knew the least about but you and, got to make up the most about and so when it was like the book of boba fett's coming out you know it was like really i mean we're a lot of people were nerding out because we finally get something out of here you were and disappointed. you didn't you didn't have 30 some yeah. odd years of waiting yeah. for something about Boba Fett. Um, and uh, so you were kind of, it sounded like, like I said, a little bit, a little bored up until. A little bit, yeah. I 
mean, I would I, until like, yeah, like what's this? What's that? But I re- like the best part was him in the desert. Like loved all of that stuff. Could care mm-hmm. less what was happening in the city. Yeah, yeah, I I tend to agree with that. Like I I liked seeing his background with the Tuscans. Yeah, I mean and... it was amazing. Yeah. Like amazingly shot, amazingly like acted, and again, Tuscans don't have faces. So, like, I mean, like, to the fact that, like, that was what was captivating about the series to me is a testament to the the writing, the the editing, the, the directing, all of that, as opposed to the stuff with human faces. Like, I thought the kids on the Harleys was cute or whatever, but, like, and the girl that's in all of the, um, or the woman that was in, oh, shit, what's that show? I don't know, the age, the... Like it's just words left my brain for a second. But like that that was much more interesting, like his background and like how he became. And you know, I mean obviously he was a person before then, but that was the cool like I I noticed myself not on Twitter and like really paying attention during those scenes and maybe like playing with my phone during some of the others. As far as the Boba Fett goes. I have a question for y'all. Do I get to ask questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how do y'all feel about the fact that Star Wars gets to kind of get away with so much violence? And here's my theory. I think that they get to use pew-pew sounds instead of bullets, and that all of the bad guys look like robots, even though there's people inside of their outfits, that they got... I mean, there's a very violent series, if you look at it, like, if there was blood and guts coming out of, you know, the stormtroopers or whoever, um, or the fact that like the Death Star was full of however many people and this and that, like, like how do you feel about like that level of violence? Cause it's supposed to be like a kid friendly show, but like, I, that's my theory is if they're not bullets and everybody's in a costume, so it doesn't feel real. See, now I said, so I brought this up last week on, on our episode, um, Look, because- not even spoiled. No, no, you're fine. You're fine because it, it, that last one of the last scenes in Book of Boba Fett when Ming Na went when Fennec Shand is going in and you know lynches the mayor and um, you know knifes all the people and it's it, it and there was a lot of a lot of violence. Um, you're it, and it seemed more violent. My my premise was that it was like this has been more violent and even from the Mandalorian, the Disney Plus stuff. It's far more violent than than the movies and i think you are right i think that um there is when they the the stormtroopers don't have a face you know um even when when ben kenobi is you know sliced down by a lightsaber in um episode four he just disappears so you don't you don't see pain you don't see you know, the only time you really get that in the original trilogy is when Luke's hand gets cut off. Right. Um, so I think I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's... I think it's fine. I would rather not subject children to... It's still violence, but I think that they almost dumb it down in a way. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's also... A... Even calling them clones. Like, clones are people too, right? Oh, you need to watch the Clone Wars. You need to watch the Clone Wars episodes now. Um, but you They know, used to... I wanted to jump in briefly. They, they used to focus group the the heck out of this stuff. Like George was George Lucas, who created all this. He was obsessed with like not upsetting children. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, and I think that they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, but like to your point, it's like I think like almost every creative decision had that in mind when they originally created this whole thing. It's like, well, we're not going to use real bullets. We're going to use laser beams. You know? Yeah, and the the bad guys are going to have terrible aim, and it's so such bad aim that it'll become a joke. You know that everyone will joke that the bad guys have bad aim. Um, so there were a lot of things that were sort of placed in there to sort of make kids feel like okay about things. Okay, we're we're going to be okay. The heroes are going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Um, and it, I mean, it, even it's the really sort of being in a mask for most of it, right? It's in, yeah. It's not really until you start to see Darth Vader's humanity or his good side that you even see his face, really, mm-hmm. you know, interacting as anything or even like with the other ones, like you don't ever see their face unless they're like attempting to be good or being challenged to be good. When they're bad, they put their mask on. Mm-hmm. So like a helmet or what, I don't know what the proper term is, but you know what I mean? Like they, they cover their face to be bad. So that yeah, sure- group or psychologically that's a thing too you know you're hiding the bad parts of yourself i don't know yeah because the ones that i mean thinking back to the original trilogy the one who's really the most kind of brutal you know menacing actually going through is darth vader you know whether he's choking somebody or force choking them or you know but it's it's almost like okay he's allowed to do that because he's the bad guy kids you don't do what the bad guy does. And he was you in a little them... back. And then, you know, I mean, right. all of this, like, we've watched enough television in our lives to know, like, these things are planned out. But I just, right. Ben and I have talked just about how the level of violence is there, but it's not bloody. It's not, it's it's childlike violence is actually the word that. However, however, I will say that uh, the, the old geeks really adore the, um, the Vader hallway scene from Ro- at the end of Rogue One, where he's slicing down all the Rebel troopers and just well, it, I mean, I, because that's the thing that you know we all it it, it it was Darth Vader was was evil, but you never I mean, yeah you saw him choke a few people here and there, but you we made him even more evil by playing with yeah. our action figures, you know, because oh, yeah. we see what his potential was, and then to actually see that was kind of yeah. a geek moment. So, but even then that's, um, it's filmed really dark and it's, um, so, and, and you're doing fantastical things. It's not like, again, I I don't, I don't like movies like, like I have no interest in watching the Sopranos, for example, because I don't want to see mob hits. Like I don't want (laughs) to see somebody's, you know, guts being blown out or head being blown off. Um, that has historically bothered me to sleep at night but to see darth vader slice down a rebel trooper no problem because it's fantastical right it's it's you know you're right it's not of this world world. so a thing that in our house we we do like we watch this or that and generally we got to go off world is what she says like she's like i needed something that's not on earth where because then it's not real and then it's not whether it's finishing a Star Wars movie or watching an episode of this. Like, so it's definitely like, she's like, gotta go off world. Cause if it's not <laughs> on earth, it won't like mess her up in her head as bad, you know, like as far as sleep so, and things go. So do you like, do you like video games? 
I'm not a like I played Pokemon on my phone there for a bit, but I'm not a video game person. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting because at the beginning of the pandemic, I needed something to do, and I was like, I'm going to play my Xbox again, and I have a, a game in there called The Force Unleashed, and the first level is Darth Vader walking through and slaughtering Wookies, and yeah, and I stopped halfway through, <laughs> and I told the guys. I said, I need to get a Switch. I need to play some Mario. I can't. It's like the beginning of the pandemic. Slaughtering Wookiees. Can't do it. You know, it's like, yeah. So I had to go. And then I got a Switch. I just got a Switch and I played Mario. And I was so happy because it was like, it was, yeah, it was off world. I've I've altered my own uh, consumption of of pop culture since the pandemic started. Because it's just like yeah reality's hard enough i don't mm-hmm. need to wallow in things i'm 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 with you let's go off world yeah like because we were watching some other weird show i found on amazon and then we found out that we never get a conclusion for it but it was like alien still kind of but like it was on earth and like she's like i recognize those city names and you know it's humans it's this and she's like we gotta go off world I'm like, okay so we didn't uh, we didn't ask you uh about uh how about rogue one and solo Solo is the only one I have not watched. Okay. And I feel like I'm just like it's. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna watch that now, and you're gonna come back on and let us know what you thought. So anyway, I will. But, but go I ahead. Can't. Like I could talk about. I, I'm a dork. I can talk about these kind of things for forever. But like you know, like it's almost like one of those deals. Where like that's the last new thing I have, so I'm like saving it. Mm, yeah, like for a like a rough weekend or right or it's yeah. like. For a series that you've watched, like with me and Battlestar Galactica, I've like watched the whole series like three times, but I don't, I don't always watch the last episode because that means it's not over. Like I know how it ends, but like you don't have to watch it and like get sad about it or whatever. Like I don't want to have nothing to watch that's new, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's like for a bad day. So how about Rogue One? Did you? Did, how did you? I did enjoy Rogue One. I felt like Rogue One was a little long. Hmm. I feel that about most movies though, because I'm very ADD. And getting me didn't didn't think I liked movies for a long time, and now that I've watched you know ten or so movies within a couple of weeks, she's definitely eating her words on that. Um, but I, I liked Rogue One. I definitely feel like it. Did you watch that before Episode Four? I watched at the very end. Okay, and that might be that might be why because I could see that point where because it seems like an extension a front extension, if you will, of, yeah. of that movie. Yeah, I kept having to be like, when is this? <laughs> like what, what point in time are we at right now? Um, in the, you know, the grand timeline, it was a great standalone movie. That was one of those I do think you could, and maybe it, it's one of those things like I didn't need a refresher course on some of the stuff. Cause I just watched all other nine movies that like, it felt maybe redundant. I don't even remember. Um, maybe we were busy that week or I hadn't taken my medicine. Who knows? Um, I liked it, but like I was so, it was one of those by then, like everybody was like, oh my God, Rogue One is amazing. We're going to love Rogue One. That like, I was like, all right, Rogue One, let's do this. And it just, because I hadn't had to wait 10 years for a new Star Wars movie, I had to wait like four days or like whatever. It wasn't as like, whoa, this is the best movie ever. Thor Ragnarok, guys. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be what, yeah. Like I, I didn't have to sit and wait for new material or like it wasn't. And that's the only thing, and that's the thing where you can kind of get more honest reactions for people out of, or more pure reactions of like, I didn't have to sit around and wait. I, I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things about binging things versus like watching them when they come out released. Like, I'm not for watching anything as it released at this point. Like, I hate it. 
I'll just wait till the end of the season of something and just watch the whole season because I have no self-control or patience or anything like that. Um, <laughs> to like just oh, I have to wait a whole week to watch a show like that's so I think that the what the Rogue One like the awesomeness of it was because there was probably a gap or there was and like I just watched the last Star Wars movie three days ago. Why is this so awesome? You know. So we got to talk to you about crafting, right? Before I, we let I, you go. Okay, sure. Um, like well, I have your your I don't have, have your family shoe yet. Were yours done? But your shoe is done for your family. I'll get one. Oh well, you never you never have to do such things. Well, but, you know what I mean. I mean, y'all yeah. are obviously getting Star Wars shoes. I have five prepped at this point. I'm looking. I'm in See, my that's class. the thing, right? Um, so to like. Some of our listeners um, are out of area, so they're not familiar with the whole Mardi Gras thing and like what goes into all of this. And so you're part of a crew that decorates shoes. Shoes, yes. High heel shoes mainly, but also any kind of shoe you want. Um, And I feel like probably it's one of those things like this has evolved as well. Like back when they first started throwing shoes, it probably wasn't as extravagant as they are at this point in time you know, 20 something years later. Um, are you, no, are you saying that eventually the cabbages on St. Patrick's day are going to have bedazzled right. you know, I mean, it's... sparklies? <laughs> I even remember saying I've been in ones either nine or 10 years today, actually was when I moved to New Orleans, either 10, I think 10 years ago. And from when I moved here to how things coming off of floats are now are still drastically improved or even, Four or five years ago, I got a lava lamp. I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. And now, you know, the lava lamps have like 3D animatronics, not really, but you know, like everything is like just getting so, I think, I think it'll peak at some point, you know, there's only so much you can do with a shoe or this or that. But I mean, it definitely takes some, some work and effort. I think it's a, something you got to love doing. I got to love making things in general, using my hands and being creative. And it's one of those things that, especially as a, with a person with ADHD, that it's like, I get an instant reward. Mm. Like I finished the thing. I don't have to finish them all at once. I finish a shoe and it makes you feel good. You know, like it's like a, a rush in a way. It's like a, oh, this is done and it's pretty and shiny or whatever and woo. Um, and like being on the receiving end, end of it, of like something that you know someone handmade. You know, like I've spent a month and a half getting glitter in every nook and cranny of the house. Worth it but also messy and I don't know. It's like something that I think you, a level of pride goes into it. Now you, uh, you, uh, you mentioned you're, you've made some star Wars shoes, um, but it's not all star Wars shoes that you made. Uh, where do you, no. where do you, where do you find your inspiration? Like you got a shoe. What do you, what do you look to, to, I mean, I'm in some Facebook groups um, about like, just like with local, like new Orleans glittering people. It's really whatever I'm into at the moment. So, um, I was in a different crew and we decorated a different thing years ago. And I was really into Wicked that year, the Broadway musical Wicked. I have a dog named Elphaba. So that's how into the Broadway musical Wicked I was. That's why we have you on here. You're a nerd like us. Yep, there you go. And so whatever I'm into at the moment is kind of what comes out. So I made tons of Wicked stuff, you know, and I made my own little like defy instead of like defying gravity. And it was more like a, a political protest of defy with the witch's face instead of Defy Gravity, which is in the music, you know, it was my own little take on Wicked. And I was also into, um, we were watching the new Sabrina. We also have a dog named Sabrina. So, you know, here we are. 
and I made like the praise Satan stuff, like because it's <laughs> a very interesting. But it's like I I don't praise Satan, but you know, like I like the um the book of the beast and like all of these things. Like so, it, like whatever I'm into at the moment just comes out in my crafts, and there's no like really like king cake that i have a handful of king cake shoes unicorns are fun and they were kind of easy to do so i made about 10 of those so you know what's ever in my head it's real hit or miss with people sometimes it's genius sometimes it's very mediocre so how long does it take you the process to do all that from say when you from start scratch? working on it yeah um i mean it's definitely it's time consuming in the sense that like you can't do it all at once because things have to dry and things have to be flipped over and the bottom has to be done. And then you have to seal the glitter where you don't destroy other people's homes. And then you have to add on the things. So I'd say like probably three days for like each, but you do multiple at a time. So I'll do batches. I'll do like five of this. I'll do them all in each different stage. And just like with drying times and depending on how humid it is, which is definitely, I have less of a challenge in this house than I did our old house that was in that basement that was never dry. So now I want to, I want to shift to kind of staying on the same track here, but just a little bit different topic. Uh, cause you guys did something amazing, um, at the beginning of this pandemic. And that was, I think you supplied most of new Orleans with masks. I did most of, um, can you, can you talk about, I mean, I, I know every mask that we, well, the, with the exception of my Boba Fett mask, every single other one we have yeah. is from you because, guys. Um, we don't want to get sued by Disney. Well, that's, that's, I would understand that, but where, what can you, can you walk us through how that whole thing? That was probably one of the, so everybody else experienced the end of the world, right? We didn't, um, we were tinkering with some sewing machines. I was like, let's make some masks because like, what else are we going to do? We're bored. Like we're creatives. We have to keep busy. We didn't really know what our life was going to look like. And it, everything was so new. So it was Mardi Gras. And like, I feel like New Orleans obviously was the start of the pandemic, but we also ignored the pandemic. Like, I remember my friend in Chicago messaging me and being like, hey, have you looked into this COVID or coronavirus thing? And I was like, it's fine. I'm at a parade. And then, like, you know, two weeks later, everything was different, right? That'll change everything. Somebody <laughs> listen to this. We'll understand that. Um, so, you know, like, well, what are we going to do now? And we had a couple old sewing machines. A friend gave us another one, and we were just tinkering around. And we're like, we could make some masks. Like, let's start donating and that's where we started. And then we we're like, we also have bills to pay and we're on a photography studio. And when there's a pandemic, you can't really photograph people's faces and, you know, and like, like that could help pay our bills. And we had the very unique opportunity of already having a website, having Square set up, all of these things that a lot of like probably crafters didn't. Yeah, right? you already had the e-commerce side set up. Okay. Yeah, set up and the ability to ship. We had all of that, like, you know, a shipping vendor and yada, yada, and could ship out of the house already. So we were like, yeah, we picked out a good few fabrics and we put them on the website and I hit tweet. Two hours <laughs> later, the um, CDC and Nola Reddy, I think, sent out a message, mask or recommended. So remember back then you couldn't go to CVS and buy a mask. Nowhere had masks. Now, I'm not talking about the paper kind. I'm talking, you can buy a mask like, on the corner at this point. Back then, you couldn't. And, you know, initially we set out, like, maybe we'll do 50 or 100 masks in a week. You know, that's fine. And I hit tweet, and the good people of New Orleans hit retweet. <laughs> and within 48 or 72 hours, we'd sold like 700 masks. 
we're only two people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We slept in ships. That's what I mean by like, we didn't experience the end of the world like everybody else did. Like we were getting a few hours of sleep a night. We hired out our makeup artist to come into the other half of the double that we also inhabited and just cut fabric for us because cutting's half the battle with sewing. We invested in two new sewing machines because the ones we had were old and didn't really work that well. And we had a couple people that we had photographed that we knew were in the service industry that would come and pick up fabric from us and take it to their house, cut it, bring it back to us. Like none, like, you know, no contacts and everything. And our styles have evolved from, you know, the beginning one we made, but I think up to date, we've made almost 7,000 masks. Wow. Wow. Mostly hand sewn by the, or not hand sewn, but like sewn by the two of us. We had hired out a couple extra seamstresses like here and there. Um, both of our moms helped out because we, we donated a whole bunch too. At the beginning, we wanted to be like Bob's for masks, right? Like every mask donated, every, every mask bought will donate. We quickly realized that we are not, Bob's and not a multi-million dollar company with, you know, a production team and warehouses and all of these things. So we took that down after, but we still have donated a couple thousand masks probably to schools, to whoever needed them. You know, we mailed a bunch of up to Minneapolis um, last year. Um, so yeah, whoever needed them, we mailed some like just to whoever, like somebody send us a message and be like, so-and-so needs a mask and we'd just stick them in the mail. So yeah, weird times. Yeah that like i said that was... Star Wars mask for us but you know that's because we don't gonna get sued by disney <laughs> no copyrighted mask that's why we don't have we don't have saints mask we don't have anything that is copyrighted material because they it doesn't matter how small you are they will come after you i want to ask one... and stuff, i would sew up a mask here and there i was like my dad got some alame of a mask because i felt like that was the only way he'd wear them they said like roll tide on them you know <laughs> that's i mean that's fair i understand mm-hmm. that so um, I did want to ask you though, like the the throws that you make, like the hand stuff, like people who have, who've been to Mardi Gras, they've seen like the beads, they've seen mm-hmm. you know the the trinkets, like the handcrafted stuff is the yeah. stuff that is really sought after by people. They're like, oh my gosh, that's what I want. And so, like, I wanted to know just like. And I don't know, this might be a trade secret. I wanted to know how many that you like sort of designate for like friends and family and people. And those will go on to the float with me. So like I say that, like I've got, I'm going to make y'all Star Wars shoes. I'm not going to try to find y'all on the route. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to let that go into those. I'll see you when I see you next time you pick up a mask, whatever. I'll I'll come, I'll do an uptown run or whatever. You know, um, I, tr- I mean, there's people on Twitter that I don't know. Like, I know the three of you and, you know, your family is this and that. Um, that, like, they have a sign or they holler my name just in the, and you happen to get my attention, you get it, right? Because, I mean, that's the thing. When you're on those floats, it's, it's so hard to actually hear anything. It's loud. It's disorienting. It's, you know, we've got music going. There's crowds. And the fact that, like, Fredo usually gets my attention because he's very tall and I'm always on the bottom. <laughs> Right. Or like, I know like certain hangouts that people are at. Like I know at this block on St. Charles, I'll probably know a bunch of people. So you try to keep oriented to that. But for the most part, I try to give them to people who honestly, I'm a, like, who aren't looking for it, who aren't begging. Yeah. You know, that's not to say like to go out and be at a lump on a log, you know, but like. So, so having a huge net is probably so not going work, to get you. Also you dealing with 
women who have had alcohol and various things and think they're good at sports all of a sudden, you know, especially if you've got somebody that's on a hand or on an upper level and they feel like I can play basketball right now. I've gotten some great things by standing in the middle of the neutral ground and women being like, I'm Drew Brees right now and just trying to like hawk things at me and I have a weird ability to catch or there's nobody else around me and I can just run over to grab it. You know, and so there's various things in that, but like, I'd say most people don't put things on the float that they're looking to give to people. I'll say one exception was one of my weird praise Satan purses or, or things I did a couple of years ago to where like a guy was like, I want that. Somebody from Twitter, I don't even know who it was. And I was like, you got to come up and you got to ask specifically, you have to get my attention and say, I want this. And they did and they got it. But like, that is a very, like, I, I make no promises, you know, like it's uh, a, yeah try to get the people or somebody was like, I'll have a Dratini sign. Cause that's your favorite Pokemon. I was like, all right. And he did. And I, <laughs> you know, like somehow I put the two or two together, but I don't think there's a trade secret. I think a lot of it's luck. I think, you know, a lot of it's getting someone's attention and making the eye contact. And, you know, if you can do that safely, especially these times, you know, like where it's like, how close do you want to get to somebody else? You know, a, a witty sign helps. Jennifer's all about the witty signs. Um, but I don't feel like carrying anything around with me. So I don't love a sign myself personally. I just go and like hope my face is cute enough, you know. When we when we get off when we get off uh, the recording here, I'll tell you about the sign I had made for um, um, for a parade that we did not get to. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll share that off, yeah. offline. Uh, but I want to bring it back full circle to Star Wars before we yeah. sign off. Thank you, first of all, for joining us. This has been awesome. Yeah. Um, I think you've confirmed a lot of things that we've talked about. Um, you know, oh, we take we take we take a lot of things for granted because, again, we like you said, we you know we grew up with them, we've lived with them, we've waited for them, and to and it's my it was like my perspective with Marvel watching everything all at once. I, I've often said I said I wonder if I mean like I said I because I saw Thor one two and three you know basically back to back. Sit in your brain. I'm not. I'm not over the moon over one, and I liked one better than the other. But um, I will say, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. I think um, first of all, yeah, yeah save yeah. save solo for that rainy day. Um, but start watching Rebels. Um, That's on Disney Plus. It's right? on Disney Plus, um, and it does. It takes place in between episode four, a uh, three and four. Um, and it's. I mean, it. It's animation. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought it was. And the animation got a lot better into seasons three and four, but there's only four seasons of them and they're all like about 20 minutes an episode. That's good. good yeah. So it's like one of those watch when you go to bed type of a thing, you know, it's, it's easy. Yeah. Um, because it, uh, and it'll be interesting to hear what you, what you think about that, but it will start. It, it was one of those things I watched rebels and then it made me want to watch the clone wars. I had no interest in watching the clone wars because yeah. like I just, it didn't seem to be my thing. Then I ended up, so this is a gateway drug into the okay. Clone Wars. Um, we all need but, but watch Rebels. Um, and then it, it might help you with what's to come. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so I suppose, you know, we'll give you a chance. Once you plug, um, you guys, you mentioned your photography business and, you know, the, the mass yeah. and stuff like that. Plug how people can find you and, you know, if oh, they yeah. want to, Go ahead. JenniferAnn.com. I always tell people it's the most white girl name ever. It's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-A-N-N-E.com. I still do not know how she 
snagged that website <laughs> years ago. She got her handle. Yeah, there you go. That'll kind of take you everywhere. And then Less Cat Nola is where I make Mardi Gras flowers. I think our masks are on there now. And eventually we'll have a lot of other just handcrafted whatever I feel like making and selling will go to there and kind of slowly branch that off, obviously, from the photography now that we are back photographing. But yeah, jenniferan.com, very, very talented other half that I have. I, I I will I will vouch too. Like mm -hmm. those those Santa photos that we ended up with yeah. were just incredible. Yeah, creative geniuses. I'm not the genius. I'm just the elf, is what they, she calls me. And I, <laughs> like I just I tinker and I do this and that and here and there and I kind of keep us put together in all the different ways and we work very well together as a team. You know, I think that's one thing. Like back to the pandemic, that I don't think if you were with somebody you didn't want to be with, you're not with them anymore. You know, like it definitely, like we yeah. always said, like, it's really glad that we like genuinely enjoy each other's company, you know, cause that's all we saw for a year and a half. <laughs> I've, I've said the same thing. Um, but you're being very modest. I've seen some of the shoes that you've uh, teased oh, you. yeah. on social. They're, they're incredible. They're all, I moved them downstairs. They're, they've moved to, to get bag and tagged. I think I think it's about every other, about every day or every other day, either Brittany or me are going, did you see this shoe that Leslie made? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's, it's, I think it's Brittany fun. Wants all I the very shoes. much enjoy it. And I've, I'm very glad I got the opportunity to be with this crew and hopefully I can do stuff with them in the future too. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Leslie, for joining us tonight. Yeah. Um, we always, I, we, unless anybody has anything else for the good of the order, I think we'll just say who dat. Who dat. Who dat. Everybody have a great week and uh, parade start this weekend. So have a safe and happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. My monkey.